Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question. This podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. My name is Brent, and today my special guest is Jenna Ashland. Jenna is going to come on today and talk about abuse and the trauma from that and how that affects men, women, and how it can affect our relationships, as well as how men also suffer abuse too. Jenna, welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, Jenna, I, I don't do really big introductions because I get to research all my guests and I can read accolades all day, but that doesn't really tell our listeners who someone is. So in your own words, who is Jen Ashland? Okay, so there's like a lot of information about me online, but if I get just really basic, I'm a mother of three crazy teenagers. I'm getting ready to be a wife for the millionth time. And I'm just a person out here who just happens to be an author and happens to be doing well, but I really want to help people, especially as sexual assault victims. And I want to help people understand each other. Now, Jenna, I'll tell you, if you can get this next question, you've got it made for the show. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite ice cream? Oh, anything Reese's related. There's this Breyers chocolate and peanut butter. That's amazing. I'm a Reese's guy myself, so I, I totally get that. In your story, you you share that you were in an abusive relationship for a little over nine years. And I hate this question because to me it's an ignorant question, but I want to just put it to rest right here at the beginning because people who have not been around that situation, who have not known people who have been abused, this is the first question they always ask, and it's born out of ignorance, but why didn't you just leave? See, yeah, I, I have a love-hate relationship with that question. <laughs> because it is people don't, I want to say ignorant and naive, but people don't understand, and they, they certainly mean and they're trying to understand. So my answer to that is, in the beginning, I didn't really know I was being abused, I didn't really understand everything that was happening to me and I was being groomed and felt that a lot of things were most definitely my fault. Towards the end, I realized what was going on and there was no safe way to leave. There was no shelters. There was not the kind of family support that I needed to have anywhere to go. So sometimes just leaving isn't all that simple because either number one, you have no idea what's going on and your mind is... and body and everything is slowly being torn down to okay how am i going to get out and not having a safe place to go all right i just i wanted to lay that one to rest i've known many survivors over the years and i just cringe every time i actually hear someone say that out loud incredibly there's always somebody who doesn't know anybody in that situation or doesn't understand that, that situation is volatile and can be dangerous and can be scary that people have often been programmed and groomed as you said to live with it and think it's their fault i think that yeah most people victims know and survivors know 
But a lot of people don't realize that the most dangerous time in those types of situations is when you do try to leave. That's when people die. So I had someone ask me, if he's forcing you to go down on him, why didn't you just buy him? And I can laugh about things now, but my immediate reaction is, I really don't want to, there's that. And I think that it really is as simple as that. We don't want to die. We want to live. Absolutely. It's... uh regardless of what the situation is, whether it's domestic abuse or whether it's forced abuse, we've had some uh, people who advocate for child sex traffickers or for, sorry, victims of child sex trafficking on uh, and talking about their experiences, people who have been sex trafficked. And it doesn't matter which form the abuse comes in, what situation it is, it's always dangerous it's always a life-threatening situation and it's never as simple as, Oh, well, I'll just leave. No, it's never that simple. We, we all want to simplify things like a movie, but it doesn't work that way. No, not at all. It's rather unfortunate, but that's the nature of the situation. You're in it and you're in it deep before you realize you are. I didn't prepare to go deep into your book because I haven't read it. And I generally won't go really into a book much without reading them. But you said you're an author, and I know you wrote a book called Sheila's Men. Is that correct? Yes. And we will have links for that in the description and the show notes for the show, guys. I read the description on Amazon and understand that it's almost a fictionalized version of what you went through so people can understand that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And I I do apologize. I'm not going to go deep into it just because I haven't read it. I have a standing rule about that on my show. I think if I were to just describe it real quick, it is a fictional retelling because legal, most of it is true. And, but I did change names, places, hobbies, things like that to disguise different people because obviously there's more than one abuser in this situation. And it's like this huge cycle and downward spiral, but it's very honest. It's great for survivors to read and you most likely you are going to be triggered. I don't hide that. I never hide that. But being triggered can be a good thing because that can help you work through your issues and it's part of the healing process. And it's a great resource to just dig in there and say, okay, so I'm feeling really bad right now and journal it out. And then you have something that you can take to your therapist or a trusted support person or whomever that you work with Even if it's just yourself, you can go back whenever you're not in that triggered moment to see your own patterns and and learn to heal from that. But it is also great for co-survivors or people who know someone who has gone through any type of abuse or major trauma. So here's the thing. There's always that ignorant person, but I guarantee you, everybody knows someone. They're just oblivious to it. So it's a great way to learn how people think when they're going through that, because it is written in first person and you're going to experience it because the thought processes are there. It's very vivid. It's, I write in a very visual way and it can really, it's very emotional whether you have been through it or not. Now I'm perfectly okay with Trigger. I, I did see that you actually put a warning on the book on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have no problem triggering people or making people uncomfortable on the show because sometimes you're right. You, you need to be uncomfortable to snap out of complacency or just out of 
the illusion that you want to see sometimes. Yeah, this is the real world and people aren't talking about what's real. And it's important that we do. Some of my, some of my guests have laid that very bare for me. It's one of the great things about doing a podcast a podcaster is I get to meet some incredible people. I, one of the things I love about this is I just am thrilled with all the connections I get to make and the people I get to meet and learn about their stories and their lives. And I've stayed connected with some of them. And, but it also takes the veil off when you start talking to people and learning that, hey, not everybody's life looks like yours. And some people have a lot different life than other people. Uh, and it's not always pretty or neat and it's no. not comfortable. So it's a lot of eye opening. I, I can say after a year and a half of podcasting, I'm less ignorant than I was before. And I, I thought I had a pretty good handle on things before, but it's, I've heard some interesting stories that just horrify me. So I have no doubt. I have no doubt at all because I've been listening to a lot of them and I am surprised. And then I go into like imposter syndrome. Okay. Is my story important? Because like, (laughs) it's very important. I I can totally affirm that your story is very important because we have more people who are willing to share those experiences that a lot of people want to bury and forget are pretending those people that pretend that they don't happen and bury them especially survivors and because you're a victim or you're a survivor you're not necessarily both Mm -hmm. and if you go through the healing process then you can really thrive afterwards because you appreciate life so much more it's very much like a near-death experience for the people that that bury it and hide it you know that's that's not a good thing because that keeps you from experiencing life because you may have escaped your abuser physically but your mind hasn't and they're still in control and that's not cool now when we were talking before the show you mentioned that in a world where toxic masculinity is getting thrown around everywhere you shared specifically to me that you wanted to talk to men in a time when me too has become weaponized against men about just the awkwardness of that situation as a survivor. It's the world has become scary. I talked to a dating coach a couple months ago, a men's dating coach. She's a woman. And I was like, I'm so glad I'm married because I, I, the idea of dating in this modern world terrified. I'm not good at PC. So I, I'm terrified at work even. So I'm going to say something wrong. And so what do you want to share with men? Oh man, I just wish you had questions because there's so much. I mean, you do have to be careful and it is crazy out there. And I think that I was telling my son earlier, he's 17 years old and he showed a lot of concerns and everything. Men are the enemy. Women are taking over. And I don't think that's right because that's not equality. That's the same thing as bullying. Lessening someone else to make yourself taller is not equality. And I think people need to really look at that. For men, I think that it's going to take a lot of education and understanding to really, you know, pull through this with us because unfortunately, you can end up being abusive or assaulting someone without ever knowing, without ever intending to. And that's scary. And I realize that. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to be here because 
women sometimes feel unsafe and they don't necessarily communicate that because they're scared. And it's going to take a lot of strength and a lot of patience and a lot of understanding to just make sure that things aren't the way they used to be. I, I travel, of course, in a lot of circles in men's groups, podcasts, shows, stuff like that. And it actually really bothers me because I've seen a lot of the the MGTOW movement. Have you seen that? No. In their own way. The idea that there's more, the idea is that women are just more trouble than they bring to a relationship at this point. There's nothing you absolutely need them for. And it's just better to go on your own and keep relationships surface, shallow, non-committed, because you're just pulling a load of trigger to get serious about anybody at this point. And yeah bothers me because I think that's the polar opposite. You're talking about how this is bullying people. And I had a great conversation with a feminist author named Christian De La Huerta. And we talked about that. It's this pendulum swing. We never find equality. We, we yeah. seem to swing one way or the other. Oh, for us to be in power, we have to be powerful. We have to suppress you. Or for us to be in power, we have to suppress you. We never find this middle ground. Exactly. And I think it's, it's horrible. It really is. I don't know how that's ever going to be fixed unless people just are honest. Everybody's too busy putting on a mask and not like the COVID mask, but like the entire face and hiding who they are. And my fiance was very much like that. Whenever he and I first met, I was going through, I was in the abuse and he was just a customer that came into my store. And we had a lot of conversations and he was very much women are evil, not to be trusted. They're to ruin um, people's lives. And he was completely anti-relationship. So he was very much. And that slowly changed. And it changed for me, too, because I was the same way, because I was still married and we were acquaintances and just having occasional conversations for a year. And then we became close friends and all this shit came out, especially about neither one of us liking the opposite sex. And I'm not in an LBGTQ, however other letters they're adding way, but in a, in a completely straight traditional sense, it was just like, no. And there was a lot of baggage both ways. And it just took so much communication and understanding and the only reason like he and I even ended up together was because he seen me as I was, which was a very honest person and that genuinely cared about him as a person, relationship or not. And and that's how that got started. And it was one of those things that just kept growing and couldn't be denied. But there's a lot of work after that. <laughs> a lot. You share in your bio, we were talking before the show, in our conversation before you actually jumped, came on when we were setting this up, that... Men being abused is as prevalent as women being abused. Why do you think abuse against men seems to be downplayed so easily and even villainized when men come forward? I don't know if you saw it when Terry Crews came out during the Me Too movement. He was mocked and ridiculed. How was this strong man abused? What a bunch of crap. He's trying to get attention, right? It was horrifying. Why do you think it's so difficult for society to allow for that possibility? I think a lack of understanding. People look at men as always having it together and, and being the stronger sex and not, a lot of it has to do with confusion over biological responses. There's this 
crazy understanding that if you have an erection during a violation that you're in agreement to it but that's not accurate it's a biological response that has nothing to do with your willingness or your wanting to do that if you think about it a lot of guys have morning wood does that mean you're ready to have sex or does that mean it's morning it doesn't mean anything and men are often villainized because they've always been the aggressors and it's this giant stereotype and there's this also also the thought that if you're assaulted by a man that you're somehow homosexual or that the person that assaulted you is but the actual statistics show and i don't remember the numbers right now but most of the time those assault situations that are men man on man are actually heterosexual most of the time homosexuals are not doing i was talking with a guest and he was assaulted in the workplace probably average size guy but he was sexually assaulted in the workplace by a superior who was a male this man is married has children and yeah it he was assaulted by another man at work by a superior. And when he brought it up to his boss, like he, you know, tried to report it, like he was told it would be better for everybody if you just let this go. And was just, I mean, crushed that it was being minimalized because he was a man. He said, if I had been a female coming forward, all hell would have broken loose but it was even a dirtier secret because I was a guy. And survivors come forward all the time, but it's also become a time period with the Me Too movement where people who weren't assaulted are coming through for attention or to get even, or and that's, I think, why it's becoming more scary. It also detracts from real survivors, which really pisses me off. There's really not that many false reports. It's actually said to be less than 2%. But most men don't come forward because of shame and feeling like they're not going to be listened to or feeling like they're going to be blamed. And women go through those emotions too. But for men and masculinity and just historical stereotypes, it's much harder because you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to not have these things happen to you. You're supposed to be in control. And I think that really negates the fact that you're human and it's okay. I find it humorous in a time of uh, all-time highs of feminism that you're right, the, the stereotype of we're supposed to be strong and this kind of thing now, it's, it's still, it's, wait, you say we're all equal, but then you're going to take the old stereotype and say, no, 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 it's, it's yeah. different. That baffles It's really not. It no. can be just as damaging for a man to go through those things. And a lot of men are in mentally abusive relationships and they get hit and you're taught all your lives not to hit a woman back. But that actually happened with my fiance and he didn't hit her back. He just restrained her. And she was like beating the crap out of him and like left bruises and everything else. And he was just stuck in a situation. What am I going to do if I hit her back just to get her to stop beating on me, then she's going to call the law and he'd be the one arrested. So there's a lot of misunderstandings in law enforcement and just society in general, because they're thinking that even if a man does come forward, that it doesn't happen and that it's not real, but it very much is. 
Now, guys, we're getting pretty serious, pretty deep, pretty quick with Jenna so far. In the second half of the show, we're going to get into trauma recovery for victims of abuse and how we can support people we love who have been through abusive situations in the past. Also, if you are being abused, if someone is hurting you, you are not alone. You are not deserving of it. And it is okay to seek help. There will be a domestic abuse hotline in the show notes. We encourage you to seek someone you trust and not stay in that situation, but be very careful in the process. See if you can find professional help to help you get out of that so you're safe. And uh, we'll be right back after more from our sponsor. I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefallibleman.com shop and buy our inhuman trafficking merchandise. And all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. Welcome back. We're here with Jenna Ashland discussing trauma recovery for victims of abuse and how we can support people we love who have abuse in their past. Jenna has been taking us through some understandings of abuse and the way it works and that affects everybody and that can happen to anybody. And now we're going to dig into how we can support people we love and how to recover yourself if you're in that horrible situation. Jenna, we'll tee off with an easy one. What purchase of $100 or less in the last year have you made that had the biggest impact on your life? $100 or less. <laughs> yeah, but that's hard. I bought a guinea pig. Yeah? Yeah. And I bought it for my daughter as like a therapy animal, but uh, she was, it made her nervous because she was afraid she wouldn't take her care of her. So I ended up taking over and I have a guinea pig that is spoiled rotten and that I can treat like a little baby because she depends on me and it's been very therapeutic. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's legit. I have a friend who has a therapy cat to help yeah. her. So I, I totally get it. I've got a big dumb dog that I love to death. It just drives me nuts. So, yeah, we have a lot of therapy animals in the house, but like the guinea pig is just like a little baby and it really triggers like the mom part of me where my kids are teenagers. It's nice. <laughs> so, hey, animals are incredible all the way around. It's amazing how much we rely on our pets as adults. Yeah, it really is. They bring us comfort and peace and calm and all kinds of benefits. So I get that entirely. Now we were talking before the break and you said that men often think they're lesser if they admit being abused. What would you say to men about that? Just because something bad has happened to you and, and that you have been abused doesn't mean that you're less of a man. It makes you more of a man if you can stand up and be strong about it and communicate it because people need to hear your story. They need to know that they're not alone just as much as women do, if not more, because all of the focus has been on women and 
we just don't talk about it enough. And if more people come out and talk about it, then the more understanding that there will be about the situation. But there are people who are trained to recognize and understand and be able to respect you and where you're coming from on the advocacy lines and on the crisis lines that that are available. People are trained to talk about it. And even if you go no further, it's good to at least talk about it. Now that leads right into my next question is, uh, how can men start a journey of recovery if they have been abused? Well, definitely talk about it. Find somebody that you trust, do some research. A lot of the times the crisis lines do have information about that and you need to be reassured that, hey, these things do happen and it doesn't mean that you wanted it. It's not your fault and you can move past it, but really it's starting to talk about it and open up those lines of communications. If you're someone who is starting to have some trauma responses and PTSD, then journaling is something that I always recommend. And that'll help you see your own thought patterns and see what kind of problems and what's triggering you. That way you can work through those and help. Because a lot of times, whenever you're in a situation that's similar, you'll get triggered. And if you start to think about that, too much it'll mess with you but rather than bury those emotions it's important to recognize say in that moment hey i'm not living this again it's just a memory and whenever you get to the point where you know that it's just a memory and not happening again it starts to help you understand yourself more now one thing our audience might be asking right because this is a quote-unquote men show is yeah. why are you out here advocating for men as a survivor yourself as someone who's been through this and is working your own journey you seem to be very devoted to helping men who have been in this situation as well not just women what brings this forward for you because i care i'm not a big traditional feminist i'm not a person that's that doesn't lack understanding i think that men are often misunderstood and there's a lot of bad men out there but you know what there's a lot of good ones too and a lot of people don't recognize that and i can't leave out people that are hurting because i do care and i think it's a very dangerous minefield out here for men and women both and the only way we're going to survive this together is to try to understand each other we, we need a few more people who care in this world. I'm a big proponent of the fact that we all need to take a step back and get back to mutual respect and courtesy and manners and just actually treating people with humanity again. Uh, yeah. Be moving farther away from that these days. So thank you for caring. I do appreciate that greatly. It's nice to have women advocating for men at a time when we frequently feel like we're under attack for being men. It's it's always nice to have women who are advocating for us and on our side. Now guys, if you're getting something out of this, do the good social media thing, wherever platform you're on. You guys know I hate this nonsense, but it does help us keep making shows like this. So give us reviews, click through all that good social media crap. Okay, enough of that nonsense. I love the way you put that. <laughs> I honestly hate that stuff. I know, and if, I know if I don't do it, like people get involved in the conversation and they don't go, oh, hey, I should click a like button or something. And now, 
I wanted to ask you something specifically, right? Uh, I know this is a pet peeve. I've, I've had some people in my life who are survivors and a lot of people who don't understand, who don't have that experience with survivors like to utter stupid nonsense. Like, why don't they just move on? Why don't they just get over it? Will you please share with our listeners how negative and damaging this approach is? Oh my God. Do you just get over cancer? I could be a little bit of a smartass, I'm sorry. But are you just going to get over a broken leg and just walk it off? Let, let's do that. Because I think people don't, there's still so much stigma around and misunderstanding around mental health. And that's what it is. Whenever you face a traumatic situation, it actually does damage part of your brain. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. You can actually see it on a CAT scan. It exists. It is actual damage to the brain. And... That's a very real thing and not something to be taken lightly. It's not something you can just forget about. You have to go through a process of understanding yourself and healing yourself and rewiring those brain patterns. And I talk to a lot of psychology people, so that's like kind of technical, but do you, do you walk off cancer and a broken leg? And it's the same thing. People need to realize that emotional damage and trauma in the brain is just as serious, if not more, and can be just as deadly as a heart attack or a broken leg. I 100% agree. We've had a Dr. Christian Heim on a couple of times talk about men's mental health. And one of the, one of my big pet peeves is damage is not physical, like visibly physical. It's still damage. People with chronic illnesses that you can't see on the outside, people with emotional or mental trauma that you can't see on the outside somehow we dissociate it as something bad? I don't know. I think people are so used to it being, oh, it's just your imagination. That's what I had growing up. But like my childhood wasn't great either. And I had a lot of horrible patterns that I had to work through. And I got, it's just your imagination. That's not real. It didn't really happen. Just get over it. I actually, I was the quiet kid in theater class. And my teacher actually pulled me out into the hallway and asked if I was on drugs because I didn't act like everybody else. And I was going through my own trauma experience and there's just so much lack of understanding that a, a mental injury is probably more damaging in the long run and lasts longer than a physical one. Now, we want to talk about, we were talking about a pre-show I've, I've, like I said, known several survivors, and I know one of the difficult things for, I've dated a survivor before in my past, and one of the difficult things for me was how to both be supportive and understanding and nurture that relationship and how to move forward with a relationship. Because I know, depending on where you are as a survivor, depending on where you are in your process of healing, relationships can be very complex would you like to talk about that a little bit what can I, we can, I can talk from my personal experience and i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen if you need to do some healing before you get involved in a relationship i'm being completely honest because it's not really fair to the guys that you're involved with it, it's not fair and it's hard because they're going to have a lot of understanding too. But the biggest thing is open communication. 
and being able to recognize, hey, I just had something that you did just triggered me. And being able to say, hey, you have, a woman needs to be able to say, hey, I know that you didn't do this, but this triggered me and this is how I'm feeling. Can you walk me through it? For a guy, um, the last thing you want to do is be accusatory. So don't ever accuse and say, hey, you're just being triggered and this is nonsense. I'm not your ex. Don't say that because most of the time women are not doing it on purpose. They're really not. And it's just something that they can't help because there is an injury in there. And it's a lot of baggage. It's just a lot of hard work. But whenever they've calmed down, say, hey, tell them how you feel about it. Say, I'm sorry that I made you feel this way. That was not my intention. Because you have to realize that their feelings are valid. And just because you didn't mean to hurt them or you didn't mean to trigger them doesn't mean that they weren't. And being able to recognize their emotions and feelings is really important because they're their emotions and you can't take those away from them. But being able to be open and not accuse them of, of doing things to hurt you, but being able to say that my emotions are real too, and this is how this made me feel. Don't do it in the middle of an argument whenever they're having that trauma response. But earlier, later, whenever things have calmed down and say, hey, I just want to communicate how this made me feel. And I hate that you felt this way. And I hate that this happened. What can we do to make sure that it doesn't happen again? Is there something that I did or that you did or a place that we were that maybe triggered it? And I don't think that men need to take it lying down, but I think there just needs to be a lot of communication and understanding both ways. Communication, I think, is a huge key that we're not. I'm actually surprised there aren't more, and maybe there are, and I just haven't looked for them, but there aren't more educational experiences to help people increase their communication skills. I think the one I've had in, in the it was a business style communication it was a bunch of crap. It's, it was more of don't say this than actually how to communicate with people. But I think communication holds the key to a lot of things. We don't do that as well anymore. No, we really don't. And I know for my relationship, it took a lot of communication and a lot of honesty. And he had to be very understanding with me just as much as I had to be with him. And he learned and understood that he couldn't take it personally because it wasn't an attack against him. And sometimes he would tell me, hey, it hurts me that you don't try his work on both sides. And hearing him say that was really hard for me because the last thing I wanted to do was hurt the person that I love. But I also understood that what he was feeling was valid too. And if you guys can't communicate, I want to tell guys everything that they can do to help, but you can't help if they're not willing to be open. And if that's the case, then, you know, don't get too involved. Don't jump into a sexual or a physical relationship because there's too many triggers there if they're not healed and they don't trust you yet. And it's important to know that trust is earned. It's just not automatically given. And I think it should be that way in all relationships. And, and that goes both ways. You have to earn the trust of a woman just as much as she has to earn your trust too. But the open communication and being able to say, hey, I understand your feelings and I understand that you're, they're yours, 
but this is how this made me feel. And I know that guys stereotypically don't like to talk about emotions, but you can be honest with them. I think the honesty is going to go a long way. Us not to talk, talk about emotions? No. Guys, <laughs> right? I want to hone in, hone in on what you just said right there. You have emotions and feelings, and you're allowed to have them. It's okay. Yes. It, it's okay to not only have them, but to recognize that they exist. Shutting them off goes bad. Not it letting fails. them control you is fine. Not experiencing them and processing them is not. And I'll refer you back to our episode with Dr. Heim, guys. So go back and check that. We talked about some feelings. and we pr I promise it, it's me. We didn't get all touchy-feely. It's okay. But it's okay to have your own emotions. You have to process them. You cannot just bottle them up. That's not being a man. That's being stupid. Well, let's just call that what it is. Now, Jenna, what is next for you? Personally or professionally, because I don't know. <laughs> no, it's your choice. Both. I'm getting ready to get married. By the time this airs, I will be getting ready to board a plane to go do that. So I'm very excited about that. I have a couple more books in, in the works, and I think I'm going to start working on creating some online courses to help people become more trauma-informed and understand more of where victims and survivors are coming from to help them move from being in the victim mindset to a survivor mindset and learning to thrive. So that's my life purpose. And I'm figuring it out day by day, how to keep doing that because I'm a starving artist and that's okay. <laughs> you can find me anywhere on Google. <laughs> you can Google me and I show up pretty much everywhere on Facebook is where I'm most active. It's facebook.com slash author Jenna Ashlyn. And Twitter is Jenna Ashlyn one. I am the least active on there. Although I have the most followers there, so I don't get that. And then it's Instagram is Jenna Ashel. So it's basically Jenna Ashlyn up to the L. And, but like I said, Facebook is the easiest way. And if you want to see what all I've been doing, there's all kinds of stuff that pop up if you Google into my name. So it's really interesting, actually. <laughs> Guys, we'll have all of our contact points in the show notes and in the description under the video if you're watching youtube that way you can follow jenna and see what she's got going on and if you're interested in her book we'll have a direct link for that as well jenna thank you for taking the time to be on here with today with us to share with us and uh to advocate for men appreciate that greatly and uh, i'm glad to do it i try to bring up men as often as possible and <laughs> kind of reminding people that like it happens to them too so there's i've been trying to have a lot of conversations about that so i'm honored to be here Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.